Content warning. This episode deals with discussion on suicidal ideation. Sorry, hold on. My computer's trying to update. We'll tell it to stop. I tell it to stop every time. <laughs> All right. Um, hold on. Let me gather my thoughts for a moment. I wasn't ready. Three. Get them all. All three of them. I got a couple of them. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Active Listeners with Mike and Shane. Each week we interview guests about their goals and expectations as artists, their artistic expression, and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there a de facto artist lifestyle? Well, that's one of the things we try to uncover. Performers, visual artists, and musicians, Mike and I would like to talk to you about what you do why you do it, and what that art means for your community. Please follow active listeners on Facebook or the Twitters and join in on the conversation. Peace. Hello and welcome to Active Listeners Pod with Shane and Mike. And we are here today to talk about inspiration. What's the muse? What's the thing that drives you? Um, this is a question that we ask pretty much all of our artists when they come in to talk to us. Well, like the inspiration to even decide to be an artist or to at least identify as one. Sure. Like what's that catalyst moment in your life that you're like, hey, maybe I'll maybe I'll continue down this path instead of becoming, you know, a mathematician or a chef in my case. A lot of people will tell you that they didn't have a choice and like they feel like that. It's just what their calling has always been. I I don't actually think I can point to a singular moment for myself of being honest, but that's just because I started drawing at such a young age and always kind of was being encouraged to do creative things. So I may have fallen into the trap of positive reinforcement in that loop of doing theater and singing. And I always have this moment lodged in my brain of when I auditioned for an oratorio in my hometown. And I went into this kid's audition. They wanted us to sing like Yankee Doodle Dandy or something. And so like they spend a couple minutes teaching us this song and a bunch of these kids are like singing this song and they're doing, they're doing dandy, you know? They're doing Yankee Doodle Dandy Dandy. Right? They were doing just fine. And I was maybe a year or two older than a couple of them. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Like, it's just dissing Yankees, calling them dandies. I mean, I mean, we kind of are. Like, here's the thing. I, having lived previously in the South for some time, the Yankee hate fueled me. <laughs> it just drove me everyone was like oh you're such a yankee you use this this kind of mayo instead of that kind of mayo oh this is your hot sauce of preference oh you don't lift your right finger when you pass by people on the highway it's so bizarre it's and so like this idea of people hating yankees um really just drove me to be more of a yankee even when i was in the south it's okay we we have a particular uh opinion about southerners too so go on oh yeah just alienate the whole audience yeah back to my dandy dandy personally i mean northerners you're not helping i sing this song and i had like riffs tempo changes and key changes and like and i did it like mostly acapella 
And the woman running the audition looked at me and was like, oh, you came to the wrong audition, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) And I got in the car and my mom was like, where did you learn to sing like that? And I was like, I don't know, I just started doing it. And she was like, okay, you should probably keep doing that. (laughs) Like, you know, we've talked about mother support. The wrong audition, how's that work? I, I guess there was an adult audition and a children's audition. Right. And because of my where my age was at the time, I pretty gotcha. easily could have auditioned for the kids' side of the oratorio, but instead ended up singing the adult part of the oratorio, which was hella fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't necessarily think that's a trap. I've done, I've done things in my past that I got praise for that I didn't immediately you know, like make my life. Yeah, but that was like the first one for me. That was like the moment, that was the, like all the pats and- That's not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a trap. Like I wouldn't say that's like- If you were to say it's a trap, could you say it a, you know, specific way? I would say it, I would say it like (laughs) this. I would say it's a trap. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like my thing and like the theater bug, right? Like how I hate that saying. So I guess I also just kind of hate bugs if we're just going to kind of delve off into crazy tangents. <laughs> We've talked previously about like you, your mom, like saving drawings of yours that like. Yeah, yeah. And but honestly, I didn't know she even had that still until I was an adult. Now, granted, she did other things to like reinforce my artistic talents. But maybe that's what it is, right? Maybe it's support. Maybe it's not necessarily praise, but it's recognition and support. And launching back to one of our first episodes talking about that chosen family, it's that support system, you know, you sort of create and what inspires you to continue with that family, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, what in the same way, what inspires you to continue doing whatever your work is? currently i don't know i don't like my inspiration to like get up and do art is minimal (laughs) (laughs) which is like aggressive for someone in my position to say because it's like i get it sometimes you get up and you're doing the thing and you don't feel it you don't you know what i mean like you're it's a habit now it's like oh i do rehearse i go to rehearsal i direct the show I tell these people to stand here to say these lines like this and to think about this while they're saying them. And now I have to start creating like mini curriculums for eight to 13 year olds. That's that is how do you that that. it's it's (laughs) insane to me how there's this expectation to TikTok eyes our education system like really do they want you to TikTok eyes your curriculum there are elements of it it's like you're teaching five classes 50 minutes each class anywhere from three to eight students i mean they did just class. lift the TikTok like maximum but still videos are like on average a minute long not 55 minutes i have to like teach this shakespeare class and then at the end of it get this three to five minute yeah, man. commercially type yeah, video man. it's gonna be tough but here's the thing i'm also kind of excited for it and i just haven't found the thing that's gonna drive me that's gonna inspire me and i think i just have to well you know at least you won't be unlearning because they're so young they won't be unlearning bad habits you'll be just teaching them good habits and i, I mean i guess 
I, I guess I didn't say right or wrong. I, d- I said good or bad. <laughs> and I meant it. <laughs> there are no wrong answers, but there are bad answers. <laughs> wow. Some potato answers out Some there. Some potato answers out there. Like, yeah, that's a choice, I guess. Well, tell us a little bit about tonight's guest. Tonight's guest is... Is not a potato. Is not a potato. Tonight's guest is uh, my cousin, uh, Alexis, who... Uh, there's a story, we, we might even tap into it in the episode, about how sh- she actually kind of, like, got me into the theater world. Like, I had that experience with that audition... Oh, so so she's who I have to fight. Exactly. So yeah. when you get when you're looking for someone to blame, it's Alexis, and <laughs> she is our guest coming up. So you're gonna be able to do that in a couple minutes. But before we get there, I bet you have something to talk about, Mike. I do have something to talk about. It's something I talk about pretty often. I like talking about it. You also have that smooth tone. Like people want to hear I, it I from think you. Maybe I have to like lay it on thicker and like really push all the perks so what are the chances we could get some like smooth jazz under this part of the <laughs> podcast like we could find some free free jazz and just yeah, slide yeah, it right sure, in here you sure. ready folks it'll go right here and then i'll be like hey girl or guy or non-gender specific identifying person that's listening to our podcast you know what you should do you should like share and rate our podcast on whatever podcast listening platform you choose if you can't do that on your listening platform you can always just share our show with all your friends we don't mind and head over to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron And without further ado, let's bring on our guest. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Active Listeners. Our guest this evening is Alexis Levero. Uh, she is my cousin. I have known her my entire life. I know it's such a stupid thing to say. Anyway, uh, she is a musician and uh, go ahead and Introduce yourself. Let us know uh, how you like to be referred to, something interesting about yourself and your pronouns. Um, okay, hi. My pronouns are she, her, and wait, you want me to tell you something about myself? I mean, if you want to. I am a person. <laughs> <laughs> I live on earth and I do artsy stuff. Great. That qualifies you to be on the show. There you go. With a focus on hyper self-care and um, meditation, relaxation, yoga, Pilates, nature there. Music. Oh, and music. I love music. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand, you've loved music your, your whole life. I, I actually told Mike earlier, you're the reason that I started performing. So Wait, you're the reason. Really? That, yeah. Oh, it's all your fault. What, it's all you're your fault. You made me cry in the very beginning of the podcast. No, way back in the day, you were you were learning some instrument from some person and they were doing some small vignette performance. It was a super and... important part of his life and he can't remember yeah, any I detail. Can't remember any, but I was so young. Was it my I... piano recital? 
I think it was. And I, and I got to go up on stage and like sing a song or perform a thing. And I remember we got in trouble because we tried to hick, hitchhike uh, on the road <gasps> outside. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Okay. So this was um, a little summer program called Back to Broadway or something like that. Did we sing, we sang a Disney song, didn't we? Aladdin or something. Yeah. You and I sang Aladdin. I can, sh- or a whole new world. Yep. You were, uh, you know, obviously Aladdin. I was Jasmine. And I think we really missed an opportunity there. We were both, okay. We were both so young. We were both very nervous and untrained. Um, but yeah, we should do that again. That'd be fun. <laughs> to do the redo and yeah, it'll be like. You're then and now. Yeah, that, you know, that's so funny because, okay, you were talking about how that experience in our childhood was a pivotal moment for you, where you took off on this whole new direction adventure, right? And it just keeps going, right? Like all these years and there's still more, there's always more to do. There's always more to learn. And um, it's so fulfilling and it creates happiness. I've been doing it for myself for the better part of, oh god 30 years (laughs) and it just it just keeps growing and that actually was a very similar experience for me too I've gone completely in that direction since that summer my sister um, was also in it and um, some girls that we knew um, from school I remember all the songs we did I did um, from lay Les Miserables, everybody says it differently. On My Own was the song that I wanted to sing, but the girl whose mother was running the show wanted to sing that song. So she got the song and I was like, okay, I'll sing I Dreamed a Dream then. Can I sing that one? Can we do two from that? And she's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely no problem. I was was a kid and kind of bombed out and I didn't like the way, (laughs) I didn't like how she sang the end of that song. And I remember yelling at myself saying, stop it. No, you are not that person. Like, do not judge this person. <laughs> but I was I mean, like, old, I wish I could do it. How old were you at that time? Uh, well, how old were you? Oh, God. I, I don't even know how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a frequent problem of mine. I really, I, I like, don't remember how 11, old I was. 11, 12, maybe. Oh, God. Was I like nine or 10? I think you were younger. Yeah, like nine or 10. Wow. So yeah, I was Baby a child, Shane. obviously too. And I remember having these feelings of negativity toward singing and getting parts in a production. And um, I, I worked through a lot of that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the hardest part, right? Of like doing anything like performing and like having to compete you know, it's a weird word, but it's really what it is for an opportunity is it's the hardest part to get used to is the, the possible rejection. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, a big part is the collaboration involved. I am not going to say that I have problems, but I'm going to say that it is difficult for me at times to work mm-hmm. with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, collaboration is definitely something that takes practice. It's it's hard to allow other people's ideas to sort of infiltrate into your thought processes. And because when you make art, so often you're like, I, 
I'm doing art so I can show the world who I am. And mm -hmm. when you collaborate, you, you run into this fear of, oh no, is it taking away from what I added to this? And is the world no longer right. going to see me or see a version of myself that I don't want them to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the creative differences tend to get in the way. Um, I think that's why I was trying to be a part of a cover band two different times and um, both times people were you know kind of bickering amongst themselves too much and then eventually just gave up what were those cover yeah. bands we never gigged we never actually played a show we went to for both both of these um, I was lead singer and they had all these great ideas and brought me on board you know there was like audition process I made it so these guys all knew each other beforehand and they were good friends um until the end when they were not such great friends anymore <laughs> I was like wow I, I got to be a part of that cool. <laughs> um, definitely an, an adventure into the human psyche with um egos and talent yeah. and people talk about how no, I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to where I was trying to go. I didn't finish that project. But every time that we run into an obstacle and it doesn't turn out the way we wanted it to, it's just another step. It's just another part of the process of, of learning who you are, who, what your voice is and what it is you're trying to do. So if it takes, if it takes me another 10 years before I make my record, then so be it. So, you, yeah, you touched on something that's, uh, I think, a little different than what generally Shane and I experience in performance, and that's egos. And now mm -hmm. I don't mean to say that you don't find them in theater, because you certainly mm -hmm. do. But I feel, also feel like there is such, there's a whole team of people behind you that are there to keep you on track. There's the, the director, the producer, there's the stage manager. Yes. And you don't have all that when you're a cover band trying to form. Right. No, right. some guy in his basement. <laughs> well, I keep telling I keep telling my boyfriend, Victor, he he's like, well, what do you need? What? And I said, I need people. I need people. I need someone who knows how to operate all this technology. Somebody that can show me how to use the recording software. I'm a very visual, hands-on learner. Um, I can listen to anything and figure out how to play it on the guitar, on the piano, on a violin. I could, you know, sing eight different vocal tracks that all harmonize with each other to this song throughout the day. And it's like, well, why didn't I record that? Why didn't I, I don't, I cannot sit down and write musical notes on right, right. music paper. Yeah. I cannot, what is it, transcribe. I cannot transcribe this music in that way. But you're an auditory person, so you, you hear it and you can just kind of replicate it, right? Right. But for so many years, I held myself to that standard of that is where I needed to be, to be able to present myself, to be able to um, say, like, I've earned my place in the music world. I should be out there. Mm -hmm. People should mm -hmm. hear me. Instead of just allowing your process to be your process exactly instead of just being yeah, me yeah instead of just doing what i like to do and how i do it and you know my my form when i play guitar is atrocious in some people's standard um but that's how i play 
the idea of growing in front of an audience is horrifying. So, you know, we do this as actors. We rehearse and we rehearse and we rehearse because we want to get to a certain level before we present it to people. We, we, and that's, you know, out of, I guess, expectation of what the audience might want, but how often does the audience know what they want? You know, they want to be entertained, whatever that happens to mean, right? That's a, that's a whole nother that's a episode. different episode, right? <laughs> yeah. That's great that you brought that up too, because what are you doing when you go up on a stage, when you present yourself to an audience, you are putting on the show, you are creating what they're going to feel, you decide. And that is what you're, and that's what you're trying to give them. So, I mean, and I, I've, I specialize in very, very like, I don't even know what I would call it, like sad, dark uh, music, like wayfaring strangers, stuff about crossing over, stuff about like past. Well, that's actually one song that I recorded recently that I just, I I did my own take on it. And I was like, this is a cool song. I felt like I could have sung it like in a past life. So are you teaching yourself all of this editing stuff or are you like trying yeah. to find, are you? That's I'm incredible. I'm learning everything. So I just got the MacBook. I have GarageBand installed on it currently and um, I'm seeking an interface so I can plug in my mic um, to record on my laptop upstairs in my bedroom because that's the quiet place in the house. <laughs> um, and that's my that's my happy place too. That's like my my sanctuary. Have all my crystals and all of my you know sage and got a table set up with a computer and a microphone and my guitars are up there. Keyboard is up there. Uh, yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspires you to write? Um, emotion, strong, strong, strong emotion. If I like, I I I can write an angry rant like most people cannot and it's not stuff I want to put out there I keep that all to myself because that you're spreading anger that way and I don't want to be an anger spreader sorry that yeah I find that's the stuff that I think is like the most clever in a way (laughs) I I mean for me I listen to that those dark dark sad music tones um, because I find it cathartic not because I find it fuels my anger uh, I find it actually helps right. dismantle it a little bit okay yeah that's definitely a way to look at it to maybe you know be okay with I'm the type of person so I'm an empath when I started working in the casino um, is when I really 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 figured that out there is such strong emotion and rage and excitement all going around you all at once you will have a table of five or six players and the attention is all on you that's an actual stage and I performed at the casino for a year in that time the first three months that I was there I was a break-in dealer they trained me for six weeks how to deal blackjack and a few other games just card games, table games. And by the third month on the floor, they had me up in high limit. When I was in training, I remember the man who was training us came up and asked me directly, and which casino did you work at before? And I said, I haven't. This is my first, my first dealer job. And he goes, wow, great. He's like, yeah, I I will see you at the end. 
I think you just got to stand up and be proud of those moments. <laughs> Forget what the other people think. Oh, absolutely. That's why I chose to share it. Yeah. I mean, because that's a huge accomplishment to me. Um, I don't really like casinos generally. They're pretty corrupt. We'll buy that. <laughs> absolutely. I could, I could go on for three hours how corrupt So we'll have are. you on for um, another episode about uh, the, the corrupt gambling system. If you wanted to have a, an episode about how terrible a casino is all around for any area for all people and how they cheat you and how they market themselves and the ways that even the ways that the slot machines are set up to create these like neural pathways in your brain that you are addicted to and I could I could go on for hours about that kind of addiction because I struggle with it um I could sit at a slot machine for eight hours straight wow that that makes me sick about myself. So I try not to find myself in that kind of situation because I don't think it is, I don't think it's very good. I've put thousands of dollars in slot machines, thousands. But I also get why you were drawn to it, you know? Like mm -hmm. you said, you said it, you were performing. You, you're not just dealing a game, you're entertaining a table of people that you're trying to get their money from them. And I, and I, never, I never visioned it that way before. And they love you for it. They love you for it. It's very strange because you know you're doing a bad thing, essentially, if you have the same set of morals that I have. But at the same time, you're getting recognition, you're getting praise, you're the life of the party, you are um, feeling like you did something great because everybody was happy and no, there were no mistakes and the cards were beautiful, you know. Almost sounds like the addiction is on both sides of the table. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you know when you, most casinos that you work at, especially state run here, um, you're not allowed to play in them if you work there. Mm. You are not even allowed to hang out on the premises when you're off the clock. So it's, it sounds like you don't do that anymore. No, well, okay. So it's, it's um, something I'm actually, I've, I've sought out professional help. Um, so I speak with a counselor once a week and she is helping me to kind of isolate what it is that's creating this trigger for me to want to go. And then what is it like? Why do I go? Why do I why, why do I keep going back? And so we're just we're just talking through everything and it's getting down to like some really deep stuff that I had no idea even played into this, uh, like trauma and feelings of low self-esteem and self-deprecation. And yeah, which I mean, all goes back to the question Mike asked you earlier about like what motivates your music making. And if it's emotion, it sounds like you're finding a lot of it. Mm -hmm. One night I was dealing high limit to um, a player who was a regular. He was in there three, four, five nights a week. And you just sit there and just go through thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And the casino is not going to tell this man to leave. The casino is not going to say, hey, we think you have a problem. Maybe you should talk to somebody. Even though they tell us that we're supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. No, you are mm -hmm. not supposed to do that. If you do that, you'll probably lose your job. Right. And you'll definitely get kicked out of high limit dealing. So this guy, he was chasing his loss. I can't begin to describe the level of desperation that was in this man's playing. So it's just me and him. We're one-on-one. -on -one. We're just talking. And you're like a bartender in the sense where people, you know, bartenders say that they they double as counselors because everybody just tells them their problems. 
I'm not the type of person when somebody comes to me with uh, something deep and something dark and even something that's a secret. I'm not the one that's just going to ignore it. And I can't, I can't just turn away from it at this point. He told me one day that he was going to go out in his car and drive to an isolated area and shoot himself. And oh wow, I wasn't expecting it. I knew he was upset. I knew things seemed pretty dark. He was a um, chronic pain sufferer as well from an injury. And now this, he just felt alone. He felt alone because he chose to go to sit at that table every day. So he had a, a really bad run for a few days. He just could not catch. He could not catch a break. He could not get a good shoe. During that time, he said to me, this deck or this shoe is going to be my last shoe that I play here. And he goes, and I know exactly what's going to happen too. And he's like, I know exactly how it's going to play out. I'm going to lose the first five hands right in a row. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk the hell out of here. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, would that really make him leave? Would that be the first step that he would need to go get some help? And so I'm shuffling and I'm thinking that. And I feel like I sent, I set that intent on those cards because I started the shoe. I burned the first card and I dealt the first hand and it was terrible. He hits and he, and he breaks, of course. So, and it just kept going like that. One, two, three, four, five losing hands in a row. And I just looked at him and I was like, holy crap. Can I curse on here? Yeah. Cause I actually said, holy fuck. <laughs> and I don't normally curse at my job when I was there. We weren't really supposed to, but, and it was the fifth hand he lost. And we just looked at each other and I was like, holy fuck. And he goes, yep, holy fuck. He said, nice knowing you. Maybe I'll see you in, a, in, a, in another life. And then he gets up and he walks out. And I called my supervisor. I was like, Floor, I said, they need to stop him. Don't let him leave the building. Because he just told me he's, he's going to hurt himself. And of course, she called surveillance right away, who called down to security. And by that time, he had walked out of the building. He left. They, um, they tapped me off my table. And I went straight to the shift office and I had to give like a written statement about what happened, what he said he was going to do, um, how he was acting. And, and, and then at that point, once I got into the shift office, I just broke down. I just started crying. I don't know what to do for this man. I don't know how to help him. I don't know the right thing to say. I don't know if it's the right thing to just, just tell on him when he's, pouring his heart out here, you know, about three months goes by, they actually banned him from the casino. I think that was the best thing that could have happened for him. And then finally, one of the massage girls that works at the casino told me that she had his phone number and she texted him and that he texted back that he was alive. And that was, and, and that she could tell me that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he's alive. <laughs> but that messed me up and that's why that's when I decided I had I had to get a different job or do something else I, I could not be in that environment anymore when you experience stuff like that in your life and how do you do you process it through through your music or are you more of someone that when you sit down to write you let your current state guide you 
Well, when it's so, if it's anger, if it's anger, I sit down and I write and it's, it comes out as just like, a, it's like, a, it's like a rap. Um, there's no music to it. It's just words. It's just lyrics, just lots of them just flying out, flowing. And then when it's sad, um, it gets, it gets dark, a lot of, a lot of minors, you know, in the chord progressions and misery. <laughs> So, so what is your, uh, what does your discography look like these days? Well, I'm actually working on a set list right now. There's a lot of covers. I, um, I use cover songs because a lot of the greatest hits over the years of, you know, artists have been cover songs. No, I think that makes, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, there, I've always been a, a prominent believer that just because you wrote a song doesn't mean you are the best performer mm-hmm. of that song. I have a thing where if I'm playing guitar and singing at the same time, they both kind of lack a little bit, each component. And then, but if I just play and if I just sing, they come out so much better. But that's just something that comes with practice too, just like repetition. I would say, take us, take us through one of your days. Cause you know, I, I know Mike has children as well. So like, there's that balance of how do you balance your kids that you need to raise and then you know music you arguably need to write right yeah it, during, it was, if it's a school day I get up at 6 a.m I wake up my two older children and they get ready for school and I go back to sleep for an hour <laughs> while they get ready and then they wake me up when it's time to leave and I drive them to school their respective schools I got one middle schooler one high schooler fun times I love the traffic it's my favorite so then we do that and I bring the and I and I come home and then I get my youngest up and that's when I wake her dad up. Um, he brings her out to the bus. So as soon as they go out, I wave goodbye from the window and then I get to cleaning, just doing whatever I can. Uh, oh, the cats, they need their food and their water and all that stuff. So I get everybody situated. I get everybody where they need to be and what they need to be doing. And then I go upstairs into my room and I do yoga. Okay, you can edit this, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we can. (laughs) All right, so first I partake in a little session. And then, (laughs) okay, so then I, and then, and then I do a sage burning. Got to keep a window open for that. um, If you're going to, if you're going to choose that thing to do. So anyways, clear the room, clear the room. Okay. And then I put on, it's like a 20 minute chakra cleansing. It's just like, oh, just, just constant humming. Then they change the keys and you do the yoga and the stretches. And sometimes if I do my yoga with the proper breathing, I could get it into a meditative state as well. Do you ever have these like flashes of inspiration for your for your music? Do you like hear uh, a riff or do you do does a lyric like pop in your head and and you're like, wow, that is I wouldn't have thought of that had I not put myself in this place in this time in this position? Uh, yes and no. So I don't have to be in a place or experiencing a thing for the inspiration to come. My brain and my thought process, I think. So what happens is it's just a constant, constant loop of things. Um, um, I've made, 
I've made all the harmonies and different tempos and I've, I've sped it up. I've slowed it down. I've just, just taken it apart completely. And it, it just keeps jumping around no matter what I'm doing, what I'm thinking about, it just keeps jumping around. Sometimes it's sounds that are original. Sometimes it's things that I've heard songs that are already recorded. The problem for me is getting those original sounds out of my brain. Are you are you looking to like um, put out a, a, a CD or a record? I do want to go and try to do like a few gigs down in Nashville. I think that would be super fun. That's where you that's where you want to find yourself eventually. Like Absolutely. Is, is... Um, so I need to get out of New York winters as soon <laughs> as possible. I do not enjoy cold, cold weather. It brings me down. It drags my spirit. It fills me with ice. Yeah. yeah seasonal, <laughs> it's seasonal not fun. It no is joke. no joke. And it's very, I mean, so um, another part of my journey has been um, the spiritual part of it and kind of letting go of like a lot of the hangups I've had in the past, a lot of the limitations that I've set for myself. I used to blame other people factors and say oh I can't because this and really it was only me holding myself back I get I get anxiety playing for myself sometimes like who says that I get anxiety playing for myself sometimes I remember uh when I auditioned oh you did audition remember (laughs) is it like a year year and a half ago I auditioned and you were there yeah and There's a good chance Mike was in that room. I don't, I, I tend to avoid audition rooms. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I, I tend to avoid that part of the process. It was so bizarre. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I went so far outside of my comfort zone to bring myself to go to this thing. <laughs> and it was not at all what I expected. <laughs> Everybody was way too nice. Everybody was so kind and warm and welcoming. And I'm like, what? That's how well-kept players roll. I, (laughs) well, I know now. And it was great too. You know, they're like, yeah, let's do stretches. And I'm like, yes, like I could stretch right now. Um, Still nervous, shaking like a leaf uncontrollably um and i and then of course you know you're like oh your hands are shaking you idiot like why (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna do great though oh your voice is trembling awesome um so they can't you know people can't even hear what you what you are capable of what you really sound like and so i did this speaking part i don't even remember what it was somebody (laughs) said that i had an accent i was like I don't even remember what I can't even remember what that sounded like and it was 30 seconds ago so sure sure everyone tends to put on that that actor voice when they do Shakespeare it happens it, it certainly happens doesn't it like and you don't even mean to do it oh it's nope. just you're like no, oh this is heightened people... language and oh, I yeah, must and speak this way we have people that are in the company that do this shit every day <laughs> that still do it like <laughs> It's fine. Well, that's, I feel like that's what I would do. I have this curse where I I can learn a song. I've memorized it completely. Okay. I will not sing it the same any given two times. Sure, sure. Um, 
I mean, for the most part, I'll have the melody, the chord progression, but I will change up the tempo. I will change the key. I will sing in an accent. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just feel like that is the funniest, coolest thing. And it just makes me happy. Have you ever considered doing parody songs? All the time. I, I've written several. <laughs> I just I just writ one. I writ, I just writ one two days ago. <laughs> You know that uh, Billie Eilish song, Everything I Wanted? No, but (laughs) let's pretend we know what it is. All right. So the chorus is, and you say, as long as I'm here, no one can hurt you. All right. So it goes on. And so I wrote, I wrote it. So this is the song. The premise is that, you know, it's someone who cares deeply about the other. They love each other unconditionally and it's open and it's honest and it's beautiful. Well, my version of it is like a narcissist seeking out their next victim. And so it's as long as I'm here, no one can have you. Don't want to lie here, but you're going to have to. If I could change the way you see yourself, um, you wouldn't wonder why you're or wait, You wouldn't wonder why you're here. You just accept it or something like that. And it's just it's really dark and twisted. I, I have it written it is down dark upstairs. and twisted. I love it. <laughs> or like um, that song. Okay, here's a more popular one. Adele, someone like you. Sure. All right. So instead of instead of this, like, oh, I'm hurt, and I'll I'll just have to find someone else that's that reminds me of you, that speaks my love language, whatever. Um, so mine is like this woman has been rejected. Well, I should say person. This person has been rejected and um they're not handling it very well and they're feeling a little homicidal. And so it says, never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but slow death for you. Oh, don't hurt me, you'll beg. Every bone I will break. Sometimes it lasts in love, but sometimes it hurts instead. <laughs> It sounds like it would be a perfect parody for like a modern remake of Misery. I think you always see like online or whatever, like covers in like different styles. I (laughs) I love watching that. Like, it's like great because like you, like we mentioned earlier, people, they are going to bring something new, even if it's a, a known, you know, a known piece by another band or someone else like when someone covers and brings something new to a thing it can make it so much richer just by having like a different experience behind it absolutely or just one lyric that's different perhaps (laughs) yeah yeah or you know it's it's great I did that for my cover of Basket Case, that Green Day song. Second verse is awful. It's not family friendly at all. (laughs) I just changed it to something else. And now I I jam out. I put the distortion way the hell up on my guitar and I rip like I just shred it and, and sing it as loud as I can. That's how I release anxiety and stress. Just put my guitar on, turn it way up. My neighbors probably hate it. Um, are we going to get to hear any of your <clears throat> loud annoyances? Yeah, you. what do you want to hear? 
Um, well, I, I, I was hoping that it's sort of at the end of this interview, we could like tag on maybe something that you've recorded. I mean, we've already had you sing a little. You did your little parody stuff, which is which is fun. I think it would be fun if we could uh, tag on some actual audio of you either uh playing music, singing music, uh, a portion, a full song. I don't know, whatever you might be interested in sharing. In anticipation of this podcast, I have been recording like uh, three or four different songs on my phone. It's just, it's not an actual legit recording, but it's just phone camera audio. And... I feel like if you could just take maybe the good parts of each of those, <laughs> and just mix them all together and make like a montage. Ooh, great. Our, our editor, AKA me is on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll share, we'll share some clips uh, from some uh, recordings uh, from you to the audience. I love, love, love that there is no video. Like I'm looking at myself right now and I'm like, ew. But then I realized that the final product is not going to have my face on it. And that's <laughs> very exciting. Well, if you would like, we will also include links to people where, to places where people can find your face. Would you like to leave uh, us any Instagram or Facebook or anything like that? If I, w- I do TikTok videos. Okay, okay. Which, well, I wish I'd known that before we talked to you today. <laughs> it is a seedling it's, account. That is, and it is fine. Very scattered. Well, we will we will boost your seedling account as much as we can. I need to pick a focus, they say, but I'm, I'm like, nah. yeah, cats, I mean, flowers, at first, music. right? You got to do like at first, you got to pick a focus, yeah. and then you can kind of like branch out into other stuff i mean that's the same with anything right yeah. like even this podcast like we, we decided like oh we're gonna do other things but we're gonna do the thing we do for a while first and then branch out into other things what would you even label this podcast as oh man um it, we spent a long time when we first uh formed deciding what to market this as and I'm not entirely sure we've even we've even come down on the final thing. 25 but episodes generally, later. Yeah, generally what we say is that we interview artists about their life, about what makes art important to them and what uh, what about art makes it worth it to them. So it's basically what we've been doing. Um, and so I'd say like, yeah, all, art, art and culture, except it's not all stuffy like most art and culture stuff is yeah (laughs) i don't know life is life is messy and so often the art we present has been cleaned and polished Mm -hmm. to be presentable but life's not presentable and so we're we're trying to just pull that curtain aside a little well on that note i think we get to thank you for coming and sharing your beautiful voice with us (laughs) whatever voice it happens to be this day whatever voice it happens to be this day yes uh thank you alexis it's been great and yeah thanks for coming thank you thank you for having me i really appreciate the opportunity to try this i've never done this before well we're we're glad to have exposed you to something new And now a song, In Development, by Lexi Love. Some days you ain't shit, and that's okay. Some days you ain't shit, and that's okay. 
Those thoughts can go walk themselves away. Can't find a way out. There's a door I can wait. Some days you ain't shit, and that's okay. Just be done with all of it and walk away. Keep watching from the sideline and up at the gate. Don't blink before you know it. I'm back in the game. Thank you, Alexis, for coming on the show and talking with us today. And now we are going to roll into audience participation. Shane, what do you you have for participation this week? So I thought it would be easy or cliche to ask what your inspiration is that keeps you going or that got you started. But I I think there's a more interesting... Yeah, I know. I think there's a more interesting question out there, though. And what are the things that you do or have done or will do in the future that you hope inspires somebody else? What are those things that yeah, you damn time travelers? <laughs> exactly. What do you want to do now that plants a seed for the future or someone's future or inspires and muses somebody to be a better version of themselves? That's a great question. Thanks, Mike. I worked really hard. On I'm, that. I'm, it shows you're all you're showing all of your work you're fantastic thanks everybody for listening this week and coming back uh for this episode since we did take a unsolicited week off and (laughs) that was a that was a mental health week um both of us which are very yes, important. Yes. Don't forget to take Both them. Both of us, myself more so, uh, definitely needed. And then actually it was a mental health week for me an actual physical health week for you because you lost your voice. So <laughs> I did. I caught some weird cold yeah. thing. I'm okay though. Isn't that weird too, right? Being back in the world of getting sicknesses that aren't COVID. That aren't COVID, exactly. <laughs> uh, that could be a whole separate episode. But for now... Stick to the inspiration, and Mike, where can they talk to us, and where can they they, they can post up, on us? post up on our episode announcement posts on our Facebook www.facebook.com slash active listeners pod, or obviously you can always come on over to our Twitter, check us out at act list pod a c t l i s t p o d, or. You can hit up the show notes and find the link to our new voicemail through Anchor. Go ahead and leave us a voicemail and we'll even play it on the episode. Not if we get like a hundred, but if we get a couple. And I mean, that sounds like a great way to join in the conversation. Peace. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating. And if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron. Our theme music, It's a Trap, was created by Remodel. Thanks for listening.